When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Dadamis, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everyone? Week one of the NFL season is here. We got a new host today. D. Mendy's in Aruba telling everyone he's on his honeymoon. We actually just kicked him off for the week. Your boy Doc is hosting. I got my normal crew here. I got Johnny Foosball, the next man at Triple Play to get married. What's going on? Eric, Eric, move the thing like two inches away from your mouth. It's catching your breath. Like this is, <laughs> this is a new mic work gave me, okay? <laughs> you John, like you don't want it to impact sales. John, are you going to tell me how, how the next man of Triple Play getting married is going to be? Well, you know, two years from now. You know, everything's booked. Everybody Navigate make sure years. September 2023, that's when Johnny's getting married. <laughs> we also got the Bradstradamus, the man who always has his hair cut shorter every time I see him. And the movie minute guy, what's going on? Yeah, man. Thanks for the plug. Me and Johnny always putting out the movie minutes, and by always, I mean like twice every two months. So we'll oh, try to get those matches. out more regularly. Hey, exactly, exactly. We give you guys waves. So whenever you need a movie recommendation, check the channel. Uh, and you have uh my brother joining you next time. Not David, the other one. The those that didn't know that we have a third brother. Oh, is he coming on? He's coming on. We made we booked it. Um, you guys are going to talk, and, and we'll make something work. But in the bottom corner down here, we have a handsome fella joining us. And we welcome in a man who lives by three letters, D-F-S. He's a writer for 4 for 4 Football, Tuesday morning shows for Awesome, dabbles with some FTN, and an analyst for Rum Boys. This Panthers fan was also a former frat star for ZBT. One of the few guys in the industry that's younger than me. We welcome in Jordan Vanek. Jordan, what's going on? It's, go, it's going good, man. I, I had my first show this morning, actually diving into some of the slate with Dave Lagerant and Ben Raza. That show is a pretty good one. Uh, check it out. Follow both of them if you're not. And uh, yeah, no, DFS is, is upon us, and I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, this is the first year on this side of things, and with the four for four GPP article that I'll have, um, I'm excited to hopefully win some people some money. Yeah, and uh, you and I had talked back at the expo. You know, we're not going to put it out there, but you've done very well in DFS. You want to tell our audience kind of how you got started? Um, what really caught your attention and made this kind of your specialty and niche? So originally, I uh, was 18 years old and a freshman year of college. About five years ago is when I first came about. 
I played a uh, two-game slate. It was my Carolina Panthers, which I have behind me, playing the Bucks with Derek Anderson starting, uh, Cameron Ars Payne being the goal line back. And uh, I had a $2 lineup out of 127,000 people coming second wow. for 4K off of just a two-game slate because I played Cameron Ars Payne and Jaquiz Rogers. Those, Those are, are some my... TBTs right there. <laughs> <laughs> Those were my RB1s and then that lineup. And uh, – that kind of got me hooked, and originally, I mean, I was mainly a two-game slate player for my first, I would say, year. Um, then I expanded to their showdown came about, and I expanded that way. And then um, the last bit was uh, this past year, I got into the main slate more and figuring out how to understand leverage and a few other things. And um, this has become more of a niche for me, and I've been able to continue to rise for it and learn. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because DFS is something that's probably in the last five years really become prevalent and there's a market for it. And we're going to talk some DFS today, but guys, it's week one. NFL is here. The first games in two days, the first Sundays in five days. I mean, whew, I'm trying not to get a little too excited here. We're going to talk some QB running back wide receiver studs and duds. The rookie you're looking forward to seeing most an upset pick and a bold prediction. And we're going to get you started with some news and notes right after our intro. Shout out our friend. I will Steven never Johnson. get tired of that B. I will never get tired of that B roll in the background of that. It is like CW quality, like just background for some sort of obscure football movie. It is, it is wonderful stuff. Steven Johnson, I, you know this is my first time plugging it in. Thank you. you, did such a great job on that, guys. Let's talk some news and notes and a little bit of breaking news from Jordan Vanek, aka Adam Schefter. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's a Raven. Signed to the practice squad, expected to make the 53-man roster. Of course, this is after the multitude of injuries they've had to the running backs, losing J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill for the year. And Le'Veon Bell is going to be third string behind Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams. So, Jordan, I want to start with you. What do you think this move means for the Ravens? Has it put any dent into Gus Edwards' value? Do you like Le'Veon Bell as a late-round flyer? Uh, this This doesn't really do too much to me to swing the way I felt about Gus Edwards because Le'Veon is didn't hasn't shown anything in the last four years to be really relevant it does add depth to their team and a little bit of an annoyance for the Gus Edwards fans because like yeah no Le'Veon can take a few touchdowns away but I still think Gus Edwards is the lead back it's just going to continue to be a committee I mean I think Tyson Williams at this point is a better athlete for the running back position than Le'Veon is, and he's going to actually be the RB2 still. Like, I don't think Tyson Williams loses the value. He's more of the late-round flyer to me. We have a bonus question coming in here. Le'Veon Bell was signed to the Ravens. Would you rather stash him or Darnell Mooney? I'm assuming Mooney. Yeah, Mooney is the wide receiver, too, for the Bears, and they're probably going to be playing from behind. And if Fields takes over, you won't have Trubisky down the field throw. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Out. 
Very true. Brad, what are your thoughts? I think whoever the RB2 for the Ravens is, I, I kind of have them in the same spot that I would have had Gus Edwards had he been the RB2 for uh, um, J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think both Williams and Bell are going to do a, a, a tremendous job behind this Ravens O-line and behind a, you know, a Lamar Jackson who really opens things up for everybody. So, I, you know, Le'Veon Bell might have lost a step, but he's in the best situation that he's ever going to be in. Um, being on this Ravens offense, and he's just going to get, you know, tons of touches. Whoever that RB two is, they, they were always going to split carries. Um, I was kind of low on Dobbins from the jump because I was high on Edwards, and now that it's his show, um, I, I think he's he's not going to be a workhorse back. I think he'll get like a, you know, sixty forty or seventy thirty touch a share. But um, in terms of the RB two, I think they're they're definitely a viable fantasy asset, especially if somebody goes down. Or just you know for goal line carries or something like that, but they're they're definitely going to get looks. All right, John, we're kind of split one to one. How are you feeling about Lev Bell? I'm not feeling any type of way about Lev Bell. He's on the practice squad right now. Maybe he makes to the game day roster, but I'm <laughs> not point. really excited for him. He's he's third, you know, and already there's he's third, but he's fourth because Lamar's going to run it too. So there's not going to be a ton of carries there. Uh, I really wouldn't be too excited to pick him up. Our, our good friend Kevin beat me by four minutes, so I was going to do it just to mess with him. But <laughs> I actually think he has some some late-round value. I mean, obviously, we've seen the way that injuries have been, and the Ravens are a run-first offense. And I think Tyson Williams being a rookie, if he doesn't prove that he can handle uh, being the second – or the second string running back right away. Le'Veon Bell is a proven leader. I, I think also playing in the di- same division with the Steelers. Is, a- is he a proven leader? Because <laughs> he left the Steelers. He got run out of what? town. Hey, and he, he, and he, went- he earned some britches in Kansas City. Hey, you so know what? He got the money. He's, he, he's, he's leading the young guys of how no, to get I'm paid. Not, not saying he's personally wrong about how to make sure you make the most money you can in your short time in the league. But I certainly think calling him a leader would be a stretch. Okay. A leader Eric, in the running back room. Eric, we got to try, try no Mike, just see how it goes. All right. <laughs> All right. The next bit of news, we go from running back getting signed to a running back getting cut. And just about an hour ago, Latavius Murray cut by the saints after refusing to take a pay cut. I just want to yay or nay Tony Jones season. John. Nay. Brad. Nay. Jordan. I'll take Tony Jones as a late round flyer. Yeah, same with me. <laughs> Alvin Kamara is going to need someone to split the work hurts with. Now, now it sounds like Eric's Pay some on hell. the <laughs> we'll, we'll figure this out for next week's show. I'll, I'll, I'll have a different mic. Saquon Barkley. He looks to be good to, to go week one. Brad, what are your expectations for him? He's your RB20. He's my RB19. Yeah, no, I'm keeping him exactly where he is. Um, he's going to be worked in very, very slowly. It's going to be a running back by committee for the first several weeks at least. And then even so, second year or first year coming back off of an ACL, um, that, that's never been good for anybody. But Adrian Peterson, I think we shouldn't expect the same level of explosiveness that we've come to know from him. And he's always been kind of a home run hitter. So I, I've still got him as my RB20. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed with how high they're taking them. John, you're somebody, I think you're on the panel, you were the highest on Saquon. You feel good about his week one matchup? For the rest of the season, he, this was risky knowing that this could easily be a dud on someone's list, a.k.a. my dud for week one. 
was Saquon Barkley. Just <laughs> a little spoiler. Season-long, season I'm high on him. But first game back, as Brad said, after injury, they're not going to want to rush him. I would I would be a little wary today, uh, this week, maybe next week. But after that, it's it's full steam ahead. What about you, Jordan? How are you feeling about, say, quad week one? I mean, week one, it's it's just a difficult matchup. And Jason Garrett's still calling plays. That offensive line is still bad. And Daniel Jones is still quarterback. Like, the situation just doesn't scream, I'm going to be great in fantasy football. Well, you know, Derrick Henry got Julio Jones this offseason. Kamara became the only guy to do anything in his offseason. McCaffrey and uh, the other guys that are up there all in way better situations. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be in your DFS lineup week one. No shot. He's not even going to be in my pool. <laughs> we, we got another question coming in, then we'll finish out the news and notes. If Kamara goes down, Jones is the man. What about this trade? Mike Davis and Dalvin Cook for Ha, Chris Carson, and JT. Uh, don't know if the specifics, redraft versus dynasty. I like PPR. that. I like that for Carson and Taylor in any, in any uh, format, really. I like that as well. I'm thinking dynasty redraft. I would take that all day long. Yeah. Well, you know Eric hates Dalvin Cook, but uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But that's true. Because he, he right got there. injured once or twice, and that's enough. Yeah, for, I mean, he's just he's he's Dalvin Taylor, not injury prone at all. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just finishing out the little bit of news and notes. Tyrod Taylor starting week one. Hopefully, uh, he doesn't have a puncture to the lung before his week two start. Dwayne who's Brown the third in the stringer there. What'd you say? Davis Mills. Like, who's the third stringer? I thought Davis Mills was second string. I'll tell you right I guess now. Technically, yeah. It doesn't okay. matter. They're going to probably have the worst <laughs> record in the NFL. Dwayne Brown and the Seahawks reached an agreement for this year, $12 million with an injury protection for 2022. So Russell Wilson is getting his favorite O-line back. Zach Martin out week one with COVID. I think the bigger implication is what it's going to mean for Zeke. I think we're all expecting to him to maybe have a dud week one, a little bit of foreshadowing as well. And the 49ers signed Josh Norman to a one-year deal. Let's see if uh, maybe he can go back to the way he was on the Panthers. I feel like he's a player you don't like for some reason. He, he his vibe is to a get him player on the show. that Eric's not a fan. I, you know what? If Josh Norman does well for us, then I'll like him. I mean, Richard Sherman was on the, the 49ers, and I hate him the most. But we're not talking about hating here. It's actually the opposite because if you like what you hear, if you love what you hear, make sure you subscribe to Triple Play anywhere you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, we're on YouTube now, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Make sure you follow us on the socials, at Trip Play Fantasy. Myself and Brad tweeted something about a perfume commercial, put out a lot of content, probably over-flooding your timelines, but we don't care. Content is king in this industry. You know the feeling when Scott Hansen, week one of NFL, says, seven hours of commercial football free? Look, we can't provide that feeling. We want to provide something close to it, though, and that's the feeling we hope you get listening to our podcast. Make sure you click that subscribe, that follow button. I'll be hosting more for David in the future whenever he takes some time off, and we all know I'm a better host than David. We got the bills to pay, so if you're listening to the podcast version, we'll be right back. But if not, we're going to hop in to our week one preview. And we are back. Guys. We've been waiting for this. I know I've said this a few times. I'm excited. And look, the drafts are over. Your team can look good on paper. Before the waiver wire starts, we're going to see how all of these players are going to do week one. Now, some people are going to panic. They might sell low. 
they might try and buy high for a player after a performance. We're going to talk about some QBs, running backs, and wide receiver studs and duds. So, Jordan, I want to go to you first. Who is your running or who is your quarterback stud and your quarterback dud for week one matchups? So, I, I feel like a dud to me has to be someone more in the top end of the quarterback play. Like, I'm not going to go out and say, well, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to struggle against the Chargers because Tyrod Taylor's going to stink it up. <laughs> <laughs> but so, for me, the like the quarterback dud for DFS terms. For his price, I, I don't think I'm going to be much or playing much of Josh Allen week one. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is probably one of the best defenses of football as long as TJ Watt is, you know, not holding out because of a contract, which that came about this morning. Um, but Joe Sherber, Devin Bush in the middle of the defense, I don't think Josh Allen's going to be able to run as much as he was able to throughout the regular season. I think this is going to be one of those Steelers cause turnovers for him and for the stud. It's going to sound like I'm a homer, but just the narrative, Sam Darnold against the Jets. We have the only thing we don't have is a great offensive line. And the bad, the best part or the worst part about the Jets defense is probably their D-line because they're losing pieces left and right with Carl Lawson tearing his Achilles. And in their secondary, like, can you name three players? <laughs> because... No, that's, a, that, that's like a good like somebody has a gun to your head. Name three players in the Jets secondary. That was my my game of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I just think Sam Darnold's going to have, like, if he's going to go out and throw for 300 yards, this is the game to do it. Like, against any other team, I probably wouldn't feel as strongly. Like, even if it was the Texans, it's. He looked really good in the preseason. This this is outrageous. I'm getting my entire show sheet spoiled left and right. I had Sam Darnold as my bold prediction. For 300 yards and three touchdowns, but you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, well, John, let me go to you then. Is, is Sam Darnold your stud, or, or was that same? No, because no, I didn't. I didn't want to double up because you know that seems unfair, and I'm glad I did now because I, I wouldn't have anything to talk about for the rest of the show. The way everything's dropping off my uh, my my preparation, but my stud is a uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's always sneaky good. First game with Julio, they may force the issue a little bit then, just to prove it's a good trade. And also, the cards just flat out weren't that great at defense, and then they lose Patrick Peterson. So it really seems like it's written in the stars here. There's not a lot of running backs besides Derrick Henry in Tennessee right now, so uh, it could be a big Tannehill game. And who's your dud? My dud is none other than Justin Herbert. I wasn't high on him season long. (laughs) We know the Washington defense is going to be a problem, you know, like he said about the Steelers, you know, they're going to be one of the best defenses in football. And I just don't see Herbert recreating his last year. And that starts this week on week one. So, Brad, I, I'm just going to say real quickly, um, John, those were both my picks for like the same reasoning. Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> the Cardinals don't have Patrick Peterson. They're very bad against the pass defense. The over-under is 52, which is the third highest uh, for the week one slates. And I think they do want to show off Julio week one, kind of that shiny new toy. Justin Herbert, he's playing a great Washington defense with a great pass rush. I think they get Eckler a little bit more involved. It's the third lowest over under. And this is his first season opener. Remember, he came in game two last year, but he might have those jitters. And the, sometimes the sophomore slump is a real thing. And he certainly regressed a little bit at the end last year. Checking back in, it's Dalvin and redraft, and his injury scares me. MB, you and me both. You and me both, brother. Oh, but Jonathan Taylor and uh, Carson, crystal clear on the injury front. 
totally. <laughs> oh man, they're Brett, still featured in that offense. Like even if they get hurt, they can still hit yeah, their value. Brad, like, let me Cook's hear yours. Awesome. I know you got some contrarian picks. I actually don't, man. I for my QB stud, I got Tom Brady. Um, I think having another year in this offense is going to do wonders for his mastery of the system. You know, they're returning all their starters and they go up against a weak Cowboys D. So I expect him to have, you know, a low yardage output, high touchdown type game. Um, As for the QB dud, I'm going Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think he's got too much pressure on him. Uh, You've got Trey Lance breathing down his neck. They've already invested a lot in him and you don't have much control over when you're given the hook. So He's essentially a dead man walking, auditioning for other teams, and his teammates know it too. So that's kind of a tough way to come to work every day. Brad, I can't imagine. You, do you think he has a dud game because it's a run-heavy approach or because he just doesn't have a good outing? I, I just think he's not going to have a good outing. Like, it, it's just not the it's not the environment for him to succeed. Just that could be that. a mixture of both. You know, they'll run it, and then when they exactly. throw it, it won't work. <laughs> you exactly. know, one, of the, one of the things being in fantasy Twitter, I can't wait to see all the overreactions. Like, Josh Allen has a poor week one, and somebody's like, I knew I shouldn't have taken a fourth-round pick on him. And then, yeah. you know, of course, you can scoop him up after. It's a lot of recency bias there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to go to the running back position, and we're talking studs and duds. And uh, does anyone have Dalvin Cook? John, I mean, we'll start with, nope. with you. <laughs> no, I, I don't have Dalvin Cook. My stud is James, James Robinson. He's back to number one. He did it. You know, the long off season of hearing all this trash talk that, you know, it's no longer his backfield. It's back to being his backfield. And, you know, the Texans, I expect uh, the Jaguars to run it a lot. One, because it's the Texans. So I expect them to go out to a lead and hold it. And also, it is Trevor Lawrence's first game, so I don't see them wanting to really sling it. They want to ease him into it, and that means leaning on the person they leaned on all last season, which was James Robinson. And you mentioned, or I don't know if you mentioned, they're playing the Texans, which was that's like a yeah, cake. Yeah, I know uh, that was like a, a side note. Like they'll have the lead the entire game. So and your dud is Saquon. Script. Yeah, my dud. We already talked about Saquon. I don't really want to dive. Yeah, too much back into it. <laughs> no, no need to be, to beat a dead horse on that. Brad, what about you? Who's your studs and duds? Stud, I'm going David Montgomery. I've been beating the David Montgomery RB six drum for quite some <laughs> you time now. You have I really been. have been. He's actually gotten to me. I've been like overdrafting him because Brad's talking him up so. You much. You should, man. I'm telling. He's a stud. He's a stud. He's he's just going to get an insane amounts of volume regardless of who's behind center. You don't even need to be efficient when you're getting that kind of volume. I think in a PPR league, he's got a solid floor of like 10 points week in and week out. Like he's just going to be that kind of volume horse. Um, as for the duds, I'm going uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, from everything I've read about Josh Jacobs' role on the Raiders, it's that they brought Drake in as like an injury insurance policy. He's not going to take away Jacobs' carries, but rather be used as a weapon in open space and passing downs. Um, I just traded for Josh Jacobs in one of my dynasty leagues because I think his future is still solid as – you know, one of the very few workhorse running backs in the league. So I think Kenyon Drake's going to have a nice season, but it's going to be primarily as like a wide receiver in the slot. Guys, David checking in from his honeymoon. David, stop neglecting oh, your wife that's ridiculous. and get out of here. That is ridiculous. Get out of here, dude. We've already had enough people on Twitter tell you today to enjoy your honeymoon. Get off the internet. He's about to be divorced. <laughs> I know. Shortest <laughs> marriage ever. Jordan, what about you? Who who's some guys you like and don't like this week at the running back position? So if we're if we're going towards the uh, the DFS realm on that's going to be next. That's going to be next. Oh, but next. yeah, okay. kind of. I, I guess somebody you do like. Go for ahead DFS, and drop yeah. it. 
Go ahead and drop. I was going to say for me, um, Alvin Kamara being eighteen hundred less than Christian McCaffrey on FanDuel is just ridiculous. Yeah. For Week One, um, this guy's going to get thirty touches. Now you're not even worried about Latavius Murray, Murray taking any goal line or any of that type of work. If Tony Jones is going to be the guy that steals goal line work from Alvin Kamara, there's an issue with Sean Payton. He probably should be fired at that point. Um, going up against a Green Bay defense that he killed last year. And I know Jameis is the quarterback, and he doesn't really throw to running backs in his history, but he never had Sean Payton as his offensive coordinator who's going to funnel those targets. And for a dud, outside of Najee Harris, I don't think the rookie running back class will have a guy score over 12. This whole, like, Trey Sermon against the Lions, Javante against the Giants, Michael Carter – I don't see any of them actually having that role early on. I think Melvin Gordon is going to hold it down until week five, who you, six. Uh, right? huh? Who do you who do you think's the Jets starting running back? I think it's Ty Johnson or okay. Tevin Coleman. I think I think yeah, Coleman might get it early, but Ty Johnson is Ty Johnson fits that scheme. He's one of my cheaper yeah. like plays that I like because he's the cutback, the Shanahan style. He fits the mold to be the guy that's like that Raheem Mostert, where it's like, why is this guy getting carries over other people? It's like, well, because he's fast and he just fits the system well. You know Ty Johnson? MD Reppin. Wait up. There we go. There we go. It's tough to do reverse. So for me, John, you're going to like this, and it kind of goes with Brad. My stud is Josh Jacobs. The over-under on that game is 51, which is the fourth highest. And I look at his season openers, and in his rookie year in 2019, he had 24.3 PPR scoring week one, and Last year, 35.9 week one. So Josh Jacobs just seems to come out of the fantasy season rolling. And my dud, Saquon, I think he's going to get eased into contact. Broncos have a good run, D. We Once again, we don't want to beat that Saquon horse in the dead We're very in sync today. We are, John. We are, John. Did we, like, have a drunk conversation at David's wedding about the script for this week? I hope It's even the same points. I talking any football. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) David's wedding, the, the later part of the night was a little bit of a blur, but... We're going to go to the wide receiver studs and duds, and I think this is probably interesting because, look, we have a lot of tier one wide receivers, and some of them have tough tough matchups. Some of them don't have ideal QB play that you'd want to have week one. We don't really know what to expect because a lot of it depends on the quarterback getting them the ball. So, Brad, let me hear your wide receiver stud and dud for this opening week. So this one might be a little controversial. For my stud, I'm going Brandon Cooks. Um, I think he's going to get plenty of looks in this offense. You know, the receiving targets aren't exactly big-name producers. You know, not to say that they won't become that this year, but they haven't been in the past. Um, Cooks can run all the routes from quick-hitting slants to deep go routes. You know, whatever Houston needs, they're going to get that from him. So I I think he's going to have the targets to show for it. And in fantasy, the name of the game is opportunities. So if he's going to get those targets, he's somebody you want to have. Um, for my dud, I'm gonna go Kenny Galladay. I don't think people are giving enough attention. I don't think to the he's fact even gonna that... play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Well, that would be a dud then. <laughs> that's definitely a dud. That's definitely a dud. But even like season long, he's a dud. I, it's I, it's I think... a dud for the Giants in that contract. Yeah, like even like Daniel Jones spreads it around. You know, Galladay is gonna have to compete with the running game. Plus, Evan Ingram got 100 plus targets last year. Slayton got 90 plus targets last year. Shepard got 90-plus targets last year, and then they have newcomers in John Ross and, and Tony, the rookie. So there's just a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, and I don't think of Kenny Galladay as like a you know, a world beater where you just you feed – he takes targets from other people. You know, He's just not that guy. So 
um, I think people are going to be drafting him a little too high for for what he's going to produce. I, I agree, and you're right. I mean, if he doesn't play week one, that's a dud. Jordan, <laughs> what about you? Who, who are some people that you're liking and not liking at the wide receiver position? So one of the players that uh, it'll be more on the controversial side for duds because, you know, I got the chance to go to high school with him, but I do not think Calvin Ridley is going to be good week one. The Philadelphia, the Philadelphia secondary nice. is going to be running primarily a cover two. And if you look at the average depth of target and cover two defenses is significantly lower. He's going to get a lot of underneath work. But for me, I think he's going to get like 14, which people are expecting him to get like, oh, it's Philly. It's a great matchup. Let me get 20 from him this week. I, I don't see it unless he scores twice. He might um, get 15 targets, dude. Uh, oh, no, no, we can't get into this. I we mean, get no, into this. he's my this stuff, too. So we, he's my stuff, so really debate show. I mean, yeah. I'll say this. If they end up playing man-to-man, yes, he will get your 15 targets. But if he does, if they predominantly run the cover two, look at what happened when he played Indy two year, or a year ago, I believe, or two years ago. There was a quote that he didn't know who was guarding him. He doesn't know how to read a cover two, and he doesn't know how to find a soft spot in the zone, yeah, and Arthur Smith is going to run. Ago. Exactly. I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying I know, I mean, from the historic of, like, even Tyreek Hill struggles against the Colts. There's, and there's he still a gets his targets. Yeah, but he doesn't produce fantasy. You, you know what? Outside, yeah, of, yeah. Outside, outside of us talking about Patrick Mahomes being gimmicky, Calvin Ridley might be the player we talk about most on this show. Like, somehow we <laughs> always come to him. Don't Zay Jones like Oh, that. you're right, you're right. He's third to Zay, he's third to Zay Jones. I mean, I love Calvin for season long and everything about it, but just week one, I could see him getting a 13-type of point week, which would be a low week for someone that's people a, are drafting I, as well. I think that's you're reading take. too much into the type of coverage and less into who's running the coverage, and it's still Philly. They can run whatever type of system they want. They so, always have cornerback problems. So, Jordan, before we go to John, because we know his stud, who's your stud? Uh, Visca. I think week one against the Texans is a perfect matchup for him, and getting Trevor Lawrence involved early through the screens and just little things that aren't gadgety-type plays. I, I think Visca is just – you watched how he was utilized in the preseason where he had like six catches in the first half, and it's like, Okay, this guy's getting the ball early on. He's just gonna, it's like generated targets. Like I don't think he's going to get any deep targets. It's just he's getting the ball, and that's all that really matters for him. Not to mention DJ Chark coming off a, a broken finger. John, yeah. we know Calvin Ridley's your stud, and I, we, we don't want to talk too much about it. Calvin Ridley lives rent-free on this I'm show. Saying, <laughs> you know, you talk about manufactured targets makes LaVisca Chanel a stud. Manufactured targets doesn't make Calvin Ridley a stud. Mm. I mean, I, like I, I, I would like say, it. how many manufactured targets did AJ Brown get? I, I don't, I don't, know. not many. I don't know. He, <laughs> he had less than he had like he had a hundred and I think it was a hundred and eight targets last year. Well, I think I think John's point is that he's the unquestioned wide receiver one on that team, and it's a very yeah. far gap between him and. Get I, I'm gonna games. I'm gonna mute you guys if we talk about Calvin Ridley for okay. ten more seconds. He asked the question, I answered because Calvin <laughs> Brown, fair, Arthur fair. Smith, just, just that's stop all. Fire. <laughs> Wait, you went so, so my... you went to school? You went to school with Calvin Ridley? My high school, I'm about to mute okay. you. My, my high right. school What's receiving core was Jerry Judy, the guy who we shall Jesus. not name. Uh, Riley Ridley and then Greg Rousseau played in our JV team. At the I time. assume you won the 
state no, championship. We didn't, we didn't win our first round of the playoffs because we played Devin Bush, Stanford Samuels, Asante Samuel, and about 10 other kids that win D1. Oh, South Florida is just kind of built different. <laughs> I was going to say, you, like, you should be in the NFL right now. I mean, the, the there's a park near my house, and if you were there on Sundays while I was in high school, it was Lamar Jackson, Elijah Moore, Calvin, Riley. Or his real name's Calvin, but um, well, about – seven or eight first to second round picks just playing That's football 11 11 <laughs> oh man all right well john let me hear your duh this has been highly anticipated yeah, i know we've been building up now i'm a little worried it won't live up but you know this was somebody everybody was talking about in the off season and i have no idea why and it's curtis samuel um you know just getting off of i don't think he's as talented as people are building him up to be he also was injured all preseason so he has you know, very little chemistry with that offense. Uh, so I'm not expecting him to perform that well, especially against the Chargers secondary with Derwin James back. I just don't see a lot of positivity. No, it's a good call. And, and Curtis Samuel did have COVID and you know, obviously impacts his practice time being on a new team. For me, my studs, DK Metcalf, he's 6'4", playing either against a 31-year-old Xavier Rhodes who has gotten burned, or he's playing 5'9", Kenny Moore. So either way, I see it as a great matchup for him. I think he's going to feast week one. And for me, my dud is Allen Robinson. He's facing Jalen Ramsey. Andy Dalton's at quarterback. I can see them having a really run-heavy approach with David Montgomery and Damian Williams week one. Season long, I think Allen Robinson's a stud, borderline top five wide receiver. This is probably going to be his toughest matchup of the season. And hopefully whenever Justin Fields takes over, his stock goes up. We're going to talk a little bit. DFS, though, and John, I know you're not going to be in this segment, but Jordan and Brad are, are DFS guys. I have two names. Okay, we'll go ah, with Jones. Zay Jones. And Henry Ruggs cheap. <laughs> Zay no, Jones and Henry Ruggs. I can't I'm wait for kidding. him to have like four touchdowns. And I we know. Just and, call back and, we're gonna, and, and Jordan's going to start listening to John. But Brad, I'm going to start with you. Give me some DFS plays you like, whether they're cheap options that are kind of flying under the radar or a stud that you're willing to pay a lot for. So, so I did one, and I did one on the value side. Um, for me, it's look out for Mac Jones. He's got an incredibly safe value spot at 4400 on DraftKings. That's almost minimum pricing, and he's a starting QB1. He's got a new set of, uh, new set of weapons, and he's going to be able to move the ball well if preseason is any indication. And at $4,400, like if he has even like two touchdowns, he's going to exceed his val- value most likely. So, you know, with that extra salary, you can – get some big names at running back or wide receiver. So I think that's a nice value spot to go at. Okay. Jordan, what about you? Who I, I'm, You know, I are obviously going to talk about this later this week off, <laughs> off camera or uh, off air, but who are some guys you like? You'd mentioned Camara. So I'll, I'll go with someone that's right now projected uh, roster ship is pretty low. Um, these are based off of Osimo's or ownership, which is, pretty accurate but it's still really early in the week but Tyree Kill is getting sub five percent ownership right now and it's the Browns secondary and everybody likes the Browns right now but it kind of just feels like it's Patrick Mahomes best offense line he's ever played with giving that guy time to throw the football Tyree Kill is the, one of the main pieces that I'm looking at and I'm like how is he getting 17 per, or 19 percent less ownership compared to Stefan Diggs that's I, I I don't I don't see it he's, he's 600 more but huge difference in ownership that Browns that Browns Chiefs game is going to be probably the highest over under 
on the entire slate. So I'm, I'm sure that'll come uh, up. It, it, it's like yeah. right with the Bucks, uh Cowboys at, at like 53-54. It, it just yeah. doesn't feel right to get hype about somebody versus the Browns. It's just like, <laughs> how, when, when, what have we become that this is a good You know, Browns want a playoff game, so they're yeah, not no. the I know, I know. It's, the Lions are the new butt of the NFL. None of us are Lions. Yeah, I can't believe, I can't believe they haven't extended Baker yet. That man won the I first think, you know, playoff game. You know, Brad, we might have to talk about this because I actually think they should trade Baker. This is a discussion for another day. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. For another day. I, I can agree with that take, but that's just not how the real life works. Like, normally you don't let a QB go that has had success. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different situation, though. So, but yeah, I agree. They, they could trade him and get a lot for him. So for me, I, I really like DK Metcalf. He's somebody I'm going to be rolling out of my lineups. And this is kind of a gut call as a 49ers fan. I really like George Kittle this week. I think, you know, everybody knows the 49ers have a run-first identity. But with Raheem Mostert um, kind of nursing a groin injury, Trey Sermon being a rookie, I actually think we go a little bit more pass-heavy this week to begin the game. And uh, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk has a hamstring injury. We just paid George Kittle this offseason, signed him to – Pretty lucrative extension. The most touchdowns he's had in a season is four. I think he gets on the board early and scores at least one this week. Um, so I, just kind of a gut call as a 49ers fan. I kind of know how they play and they scheme. We got a few more segments before between our uh, before our question and game of the week. These are just going to be quick. John, I want to start with you. Who's the rookie you're looking forward to watching most? It seems silly, but it's Trevor Lawrence because – you only get a generational quarterback talent once every two seasons these days. So <laughs> I'm really excited to see, you know, what the next best is. Okay. Brad. It's Jared Patterson for me. He's a guy that I've said uh, should be on people's radars. <laughs> he should be on people's radars before the preseason started. And he turned a lot of heads and he's probably the RB two in Washington. Now as they, they cut Peyton Barber to make room for him. I think they like what he can do more than JD McKissick. And this is a team that, you know, they're not built for a shootout. You know, they're built to to get the lead and run out the clock. So I think he's going to get a lot of touches. They're not year. built for a shootout with a gunslinger. Gotcha. Yeah. All yeah. right, Jordan, what about you? Is that where Fitzpatrick is? I mean, I never thought we'd be uh, be excited for Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2021. Exactly. But it's, it's okay. Besides, besides the fact, I'm actually really excited to see Jalen Waddle. Um, I think. I mean, before the combine and pro day numbers, he was my wide receiver one in this class. Um, obviously, him not performing and Jamar Chase going out and getting sub force four and all the crazy measurables he showed, they became one A, one B to me. But after the preseason, now that more infer- I can actually see Waddle that he's healthy and different things. And I'm not even dis- not even saying Jamar Chase is going to be bust because of his poor play. I think that gets corrected. I just see Jalen Waddle, the way he's being used in that Miami offense, he can really provide fantasy value early on. No, I agree. And, you know, we it seems like every year we have a big class of, of rookie wide receivers. For me, my bias has shown, once again, it's Trey Sermon. I think right now he's already the one beat of Raheem Mostert. Like that. We cut Wayne Gallman. Jeff Wilson is beginning the year on the PUP list. Elijah Mitchell is more of a special teamer. I'm interested to see if he's going to be the goal line back because Raheem Mostert is 5'10", 197, and Trey Sermon is 6'215". And the 49ers love to run the ball, especially close in. If Trey Lance isn't available week one, that kind of takes an element out of their playbook where we saw him and Garoppolo both do some QB um, design rollouts. So I could see Trey Sermon getting some goal line work this week. 
Let me get an upset pick. Brad, who you got? I got Browns over Chiefs. I like that. Ooh, I was thinking about doing too. that. I love too. that, actually. I have two. I, have two. I love that Browns love over it. Chiefs. Jordan, what about you? This is this is always like a tough one. It just depends on how you uh, like what you deem upset. But I, I think I, I, New England underdog or a team that's not favored to win. I mean, New England. I don't believe New England is favored. Are they favored by three points? Or no, Miami's favored by three. I believe Miami's favored. Yeah, yeah. I think New England is going to stomp them personally. Yeah, like, but I think that doesn't that, feel like an upset. No, it doesn't. But it technically is. John, what about you? And hear me out. You guys are going to hate me for this, but I think the Raiders <laughs> beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Wait, wait, wait. The Raiders, Raiders. Raiders beat the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said they beat the Chiefs. You're uh, foreshadowing. Well, yeah, they'll, like they're, they're, they'll, they'll do that eventually. <laughs> they'll do that eventually. They beat the they beat the Ravens. And hear me out. You know, first game in the stadium with fans. That's an actual game. That's not preseason. You guys said it. These are your words, not mine. Josh Jacobs is going to show out. You know, the Ravens are missing two running backs. That's got to throw them off a little bit. And they play the Chiefs in week two. So it's hard to overlook, you know, your first game of the season. But maybe they are. Maybe That's not crazy. So you know what? You got, I had two because I figured somebody was going to – Brad, I thought you might take the Chiefs one. So I, I'm glad I came prepared. And, John, of course, me and him on the same, on the same wavelength. <laughs> I mean, they're down two running backs. Their wide receiver uh, corps is depleted. Rashad Bateman – is out to begin the year. Sammy Watkins is always a boom bust. Like, and and the running back injuries have happened recently. Like, yeah, not, they haven't had time to really adjust. Exactly, they haven't had time to practice. And as you mentioned, the first game with fans back for the Raiders. It's a Monday night game. I know Lamar always does well week one the past two seasons, but I just see the Raiders playing some smash some smash mouth football. These are the kind of games that I feel like sometimes the Ravens overlook. So we'll see. John, I'm going to start with you. Give me a bold prediction. And well, does it have something to do with Sam Darnold? Yeah, my bold prediction was Sam Darnold. I think he throws for over 300 yards. I think he throws three touchdowns. So it's going to be fun if you're in Carolina. All right, Brad, let me hear you. <laughs> AJ Green leads the team and targets week one. Love it. Love it. Jordan. I like that. Lamar Jackson leads the NFL in rushing after week one. Oh, I love it. For me. I like that. I like ben, that. Ben throws, <laughs> for me, ben throws three interceptions in the first half against the Bills, gets garbage time, but we talk about whether he's the Steelers starter the rest of the year. Spicy, Over right? Dwayne Haskins, who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe Mason Rudolph comes back at it, but we talked a lot about week one. We're going to go to our question of the week. I have no sound drop. I'm not that advanced yet. We are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, an affiliate marketer of us. Make sure you use code Triple Play as they are the fastest growing. Good plug at the bottom, Brad. Use code Triple Play for 100% deposit up to $100. Kevin has been hitting on his college football picks. Brad and I are going to get you some stuff out for the Sunday slate. Him and Sean Green already have something out for Thursday, so make sure you watch that. It's on our YouTube channel as well. John, what's our question of the week? So this is going to be really, you know, big data and everything. You're going to have to dive deep. What quarterback do you think is, like, the best chef? (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. That's a great one. Okay. Well, I'm glad we always go with the guests to start. Jordan. Man, um, I don't know if I can top that question. I mean, I would say – I would say, what do you think 
Lamar Jackson actually did after that. Uh, no, you got to answer it. You got to answer it. Who do I think the quarter best chef is? Um, I'm going to go with Brady. I feel like that dude cooks for himself. I feel oh, like he has other disgusting. He can't even have strawberries or tomatoes. <laughs> okay, I did not know. These okay, well, well, maybe maybe he's the healthiest cook. We could fit that in best, living his best life. Brad, what about you? I'm gonna go um, Ben Roethlisberger. He's a bit of a hefty boy, so I'm thinking he might. That's because he's eating Hardee's and stuff. Come on. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking he might chef up some like some terribly unhealthy stadium and bar food, and you'll have a good night. Okay. John, I mean, you came up with this question. I feel like there's somebody that... I'm actually surprised. I have two answers. They're great answers. I'm surprised nobody did a let Russ cook thing. And then my second one was uh, Jameis Winston, because, you know, crab legs crab is an advanced... Ah. That's an advanced <laughs> food, you know. You're, you're not taking those if you don't know how to cook. And he's so, down in New Orleans, so he, he knows what he's doing. So exactly. I was going to say Russell Wilson for the let Russ cook. But also, Russell Wilson has these corny videos that come out like once or twice a year. Like, um, what's that whiskey? Like, baby girl, give me some. And he's doing like a dance with his family, or he's he's putting out. Like, oh, some I know weird, what you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah, putting yeah, out like yeah. some weird TikTok where he's calling himself Mister Incredible or whatever. Like, I could just see him having like a chef hat on. He's like, hey guys, welcome to Let Russ Cook. Hey, <laughs> I would watch make, that. By the way, I have a, I have a. Today, we're gonna teach you how to make chicken marsala. <laughs> It's Kirk Cousins because he wraps his steaks in tinfoil, and that really seals in all the juices. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, maybe, maybe if we ever get a quarterback on this show, we'll have to ask him. Hey, you know, rumor around the, the league is yeah, uh, Jason is, Campbell. Is, yeah, well, a current quarterback. But that's a good question, John. I like that. I do like that. We're going to stay with John to go to our game of the week. John, are we playing philosopher versus coach quote? Yes, we are. It's the All only right. game well, I ever do. Wait, wait and stay consistent. So uh, just to explain it for people and Jordan as well, uh, I have five quotes. They're either by a philosopher or a NFL head football coach. Uh, so you have to guess if you get the if it's a head coach or a philosopher. Correct. That's one point. If you guess the specific individual who said it, that's an extra bonus point. Keep track of your own score. I am not your mother, so we're just going to do sort of a round-robin thing. We're going to get into it, uh, Doc, first. The uh, first one I have here is, you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. I'm going to go philosopher and Lao Tzu. I'm going to go um, – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we're, going, <laughs> we're going into this one. I, I was gonna go um, a coach, and it, is it current coaches or is it? It can be any coach, um, current, past, present. It generally can be any current coaches, but for or any coaches, but just looking at my list, the ones right now are current. Okay, just to so, narrow it down for y'all. No, you're good. I appreciate it. Um, I would say it's a coach, and man, I'll go with Andy Reid. I don't know why, but going with Andy Reid. I'm going to go with Coach Belichick. That is Coach John Gruden, the great motivator. Mm. <laughs> you know what, John? I figured that was a coach, but you always sneak a Lao one in there. No, so. no. You said, you said philosopher. Eric, yeah, Eric, you got to get out of your own head. That, you know, I know. That could be a I know. I'm being David today. I need to stop. Yeah. 
So we'll start with uh, Jordan. My next one is silence is a source of great strength. Yeah, that I'm going with philosopher there. Um, I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm going to go with Aristotle. Bradley. I'm going to go coach, and I'm going to go Tomlin. Eric. I'm going to go philosopher. I'm going Plato. That's loud, Zoo. Come on, Eric. You <laughs> jumped the gun. <laughs> You jumped the gun. If you the next one, we'll start with you, Brad. If you hate a person, you're already defeated by them. Philosopher Aristotle. Eric. Philosopher Plato. Jordan. I'm going philosopher, and I'm going Aristotle as well. I'm doubling down with Mr. Brad over here. That is is Confucius. Ah, one so, point. That's okay. <laughs> the next one is uh, we do not live in our fears. We live in our hopes. Eric? I'm going to go coach. I'm going to go Tomlin. Jordan? I'm going to go. Oh, my bad. You You're always jumping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go coach. And I'm going to go Ron Rivera. I'm going to go with uh, Plato. Philosopher, then? Yeah. Not head football coach, Plato. Not, not coach Plato. So I'm surprised um, that, one, Eric got this, and two, that he got Mike Tomlin. That was That's a Mike Tomlin original. Wow. Yes. All right, so wait, what's the score? I got four. I've got four. I got two. I, got, I haven't I got the co- I've ever gotten everyone right. I just haven't gotten the t- coach. <laughs> or the- so the uh, last one we have here is... Uh, action may not always bring happiness, uh, but there's no happiness without action. We'll start with Jordan. It's a it's a philosopher. Um, man, I don't know. I'm thinking scientist right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down and just think it's a scientist and just not care. I'm gonna go with Isaac Newton. He just feels like the dude who would say <laughs> something like this. It's a new game. I like that. <laughs> philosopher science quote. Or yeah. Coach. I'm going to go coach, and then I'm going to go Belichick again. You know what? Me or Jordan are going to win because I'm doing coach. I'm going because we need to get off in five minutes to get Super Fantasy Bros, another triple play plug in there. I'm going to go coach. I'm going to go Pete Carroll. This was philosopher William James, one of the few American philosophers. Never heard of him. Yeah. Well, why don't you got to read about tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jordan, you're our winner. I don't have the sound effect there, but well done, my man. Well done, dude. I mean, I was—I thought we were gonna play. Uh, how many Twitter followers they have? That—that that game, yeah. I'm really <laughs> well, freaking we'll good at. For me. We haven't—we haven't done that in a little bit, but Jordan, I mean, this fits right into the plug. You know, 30 seconds longer. You know, tell the audience where they can find your awesome work, stuff you're working on. I appreciate um, Jordan Vanek DFS. My Twitter will have everything that I got to get posted. Uh, you can catch me on four for four. My GPP article will come out on Friday night. My, I have a Tuesday show with awesome. with Dave Lagaran and Ben Raza and my Sunday night football uh, showdown article will come out on Saturday night. So those, those are the three days of the week. You'll catch me doing all my GPP stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and make sure you're following him on Twitter if you aren't. Puts out a lot of great nuggets. One of the best guys that we've gotten to meet with in the community and um, met him in Canton, Ohio as well. 
Unfortunately, David's going to be back next week. His honeymoon can't go forever. Look at us saying he's at his honeymoon. We actually held him hostage. But everybody, make sure you enjoy some NFL week one. Once again, it's finally here. The dog days of summer are over. We're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns because I've been no, wanting to say that for I a thought while. David we'll catch you guys next that. week. <laughs>